So I told him, if he wants me to do it, just give me gloves, right? But I'm getting gnarly splinters having to just scrape all these serial numbers off these guns, you know? Yeah, for sure. I will just be glad you don't have my job because I didn't get gloves either. And I've been having to pick up all the turd-filled condoms in the bathroom. I, that was the, the one thing. Just keep the toilet. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I... He didn't want another pipe coming into the building that he couldn't secure the other side of. Yeah. Well, I mean, but when you, it, it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it from his point of view. Yeah. Man. But then we had to put in that canal. Now we got all these turd-filled condoms. These guns yeah. aren't going to sort themselves. Where are you putting those? I don't know, man. I'm just, I've been sticking them in a vent in the back. Okay. Door. What? Hey. Hey. Door. You guys order a door? A door? Wait. Yeah, is door. It, is your name door? No, I'm asking you if you called to be a door put in the room. Uh, some room with uh, skin flicks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The adult section needs a door. Yeah, mm. Travis, That's bring right. it in. I don't have, uh, tell Thomas to help you. I swear, you fucking stupid summer hires, I swear. Um, what? How old are these guys? Don't worry about it. They're they're on my thing. Uh, Local know, Union 463. You gotta, be, you gotta be 18 or older to go in that room. Yeah, they're 18. Excuse me, door. Uh, do they know... It's not my name, mustache. Well, if... If they could just be careful around hey, the canal. Can you it guys, says Mr. Door on the Can you guys uh, yeah, do me a favor and hold your hands up for me? No. Yeah, no, just hold them up, both of you. Um, I got a okay. gun. Is this a stick up? No. I got no, a I'm gun. Just saying a stick up. I just wanted to see how fucking grandma soft your hands were. Because well, obviously got... throwing fucking Fast and Furious movies ain't fucking getting you any calluses on your hands. Uh, there's eight of those movies, dude. So <laughs> you try picking up, handling eight VHSs at a time. Cool story. I don't got time for this. Where is this door being installed? In the back where the dirty yeah, movies can't, are. You can't miss where well, the You guys had to show me. Jerry called hole. me this morning and told me to have it put in. He said he's about to get rode up for it. Where is that fucking lard fuck? Jerry's currently sealing off all the airways to the building yeah well let me tell you this he owes me 500 on that fucking 76ers game from last week you you're not the first guy that's come in here making threats like that and i won't be the last oh would you take thomas um, would you take 100 jerry coins <laughs> yeah he tried to pay me in that shit and i told him to shove it up his ass you guys really sell porno flicks here? We only rent. You can't buy them. But do you hey, really want people returning those? I mean, if you keep them long enough, technically, I guess it's buying, right? Yeah. Uh, if you, you guys don't think you, you guys think you could throw in a few uh, after I'm done here? Jerry, I mean, you never know. He owes me, like I said, he owes me for that 76ers game. I don't know. Qu I mean, quite... Yeah, I'm too pure. I haven't been in that room in a real long time. So uh, it's Friday night. You, I'm just trying to, you know, rev up my lady a little. 
She'll come home from bingo. She'll see it on the TV. Be like, yeah. How loud do you think you guys are going to be? You guys ever had sex with a woman? <laughs> How loud do you think your crew's going to be? I asked you a question. I'm your elder. Answer my question. I feel like it's unrelated to installing the door, to be honest. Yeah. Look, I mean, what if what if I told you that there's a shelf in there devoted to uh, my previous job? <laughs> gay porn? I'm not the only funny guy here. Well, listen, that woman was just real fit. <laughs> I like you guys. All right. Fucking T- Thomas. I think that's his name. There was a Travis. Yeah. Travis. <laughs> no, they're both T's. They've confused the shit out of me. They <laughs> hire these idiots and then they name them the same fucking thing. I had two Cadens last year. Is this their first door they're putting in? No, uh, it's the first day. Why do you even need three people to install one door? It's a summer hire program to help the unprivileged children. Jeez. It looks like you needed to be in it. We cannot have kids in that room. Anyway, what's your new releases? Oh. In adults? No, don't worry about the door. The door will go in. I'm here for eight hours today. It's going to take me to install this door. So we got uh, a long time to go, boys. I mean, a new release in the adult section is Ice Load. <laughs> There's that, also uh, that Big Le- Red Meat. Is that with Liam Neeson? Or Liam Meatson? It's Liam Penis. <laughs> There's also Robot Cox. What about that MXXXP? Mm-hmm. Nah. Actually, Kyle... Bad news, that one hasn't been returned, so I guess it's technically been bought. Oh, somebody kept it the over the 80 weeks? <laughs> yeah, some yeah. detective or something came in. Yes, yeah, mm. by the way, I, sp- I was talking to some jerk-off. He came by the other day. He was telling me some movie, like, you guys got detective movies here. Something about, like, Dutch Dutch Damned or something. Oh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the theme this month. I know yeah. this because we got uh, audited by a regional manager. Mm-hmm. That yeah, guy tried to recruit. Tell us we don't fucking work. Guy tried to recruit a bunch of us, and mm-hmm. he left as disappointed uh, as. Was that the <laughs> Elizabeth Town Town job that he was Jerry was telling me about? Yes, oh, yeah. it could it could have been. There was a detective, and then like the next day, uh, an auditor regional manager guy came in. They sounded real similar though. <laughs> Yeah, Jerry's in some shit, man. We've been real busy. Between all the moldy walls from the moat that we put in and having the shit in our condoms. Give me that Dutch movie then. Amsterdamed? Yeah. Yeah, we rented that out a few weeks ago. We haven't got it back. Here you You go, one army of the dead. No, I've already seen that shit. And it's free on Netflix. What are you talking about? Okay, here's another one. You're going to play hardball. Jesus Christ. I'm not taking a poster either. I've seen that on the outside. I've already put a crate of them in your truck. What is it? You're better than Tommy over there. Are you not into um, things coming back from the dead? No, not really. Huh. Then you really wouldn't be interested in this week's five-day rentals. What is it? Which is dead heat. 
Evening, fellas. Evening. Howdy. Well, we finished uh, another category. How do you feel about it? About detectives overall? Yeah. I learned a lot. <laughs> I didn't learn nothing. I've been solving fact, all kind of crimes around the house. I think I need to buy more guns. That's what I've decided. Well, uh, tonight's flick was my choice. 1988, Dead Heat. First impressions, my dudes. Finally, a film that has answered the age-old question, is Treat Williams dead? Yes. (laughs) Maybe. Oh, he's dead in this movie, dude. I mean, he walked into the light. We don't know what happens after that. He's dead as shit. You think Joe Piscopo went to the gym after <laughs> killing the bad guy in the end? Yeah. You think he went and worked out one last time? Yeah, I don't see why not. He was probably, probably only on just those arms, though, right? He was probably on a cycle, so. <laughs> yeah. Dan, Dead Heat, what'd you think? I like Dead Heat. I think it was pretty good. Um,. I like the practical effects. Thought those were pretty sweet. Yeah. Treat Williams, great hair as usual. Oh, he looks great. Even when he's burned up and dead. Great hair. Yeah. He looks kind of like a punk rocker at the end of this movie. <laughs> kind of almost looks like the Terminator. Like the way he's moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the transition I think is is kind of cool. How you know his clothes start to get darker, especially after being blown up. Mm-hmm. So it makes that like weird islandy suit thing that he's wearing look real punk rock. He also he looked kind of like a. One of the vampires from Lost Boys, like Kiefer Sutherland. What so I kept was... thinking with his skin hanging. Yeah. What year was Lost Boys? Was that that wasn't eighty eight? That was around that time, right? I want to say eighty five or eighty six. Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Year before, yeah. All right. Makes sense. They couldn't get our boy uh, Winter. Alex Winter. Yeah. Mike. Michael Winter. Was, was it Michael Winter? Thought it was Alex. Alex Winter. Michael Winter. Right. Yeah. Michael yeah. Winter. The director. The director of Death Wish. Three. And two. And one. Yeah. Is he? Did he do a trilogy? I thought so. Yeah. That's what kept bringing Chucky back. He liked working with that psycho. 
You can only have two rapes in this one. <laughs> Put my daughter in this movie. My real daughter. And my wife in another. Probably not his daughter. I think his girlfriend or something. Are we done with Charles Bronson on this podcast? Far from it. Highly doubt it. Yeah. What you should be asking is... When are I we going to get Charles Bronson again? No, I hope we have a hundred more Treat Williams movies to watch. I don't think we could do that. And what a bummer that Joe Piscopo kind of fell off, huh? Look, the same rules apply for the Rewind show. If you use the same main actor twice, he's off the board. What? What? Yeah. No more Treat Williams. Nah. Bones... Bones shot his Treat Williams load way early. No. I mean, I'm going to try to jam eight or nine Lithgows into this thing eventually. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, I guess shame on Alice Cooper and uh, D. Snyder for not making any more movies. Yeah, but I still got Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. The day Strangeland Two comes out, I would have loved for that to be my first movie back from COVID. <laughs> How's your Indiegogo going on that? Uh, on returning to a theater? Yeah, I haven't done it yet. Oh, okay. You'll be returning to a theater, Cron, in what is today? Oh, oh, Indiegogo. Twenty-nine days. The, like, crowdsource funding yeah okay that's all right i was trying to yes and i'm with you now uh yeah it's going great we're negative dollars now (laughs) we started at zero and somehow we're 8k in the hole okay well that's because you've had it up for so long without making anything you owe indiegogo i guess i mean dan what movie is kyle gonna go see uh the green knight Oh, okay. That's I don't know if, if anybody's as excited as you are. Well, you better get excited, because I'll be doing a two-day rentals by myself, I guess. Damn, that movie's too good for this podcast. Yeah. Nothing is too good for this podcast, Kyle. I could think of a lot of stuff that's too good. Listen, what happens Speak- when we run out of all the shit? We never will. Yeah, there's plenty of shit. There are mountains of movies. Like we haven't even scratched the surface, Dan. It's technically a two-day rental. It's not even a, a five-day. Well, why don't you compare it to the other two-day rentals we've done? You picked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You have no argument. Well, it's not necessarily Casablanca, is it, Dan? It's the Casablanca of Mutant Ninja Turtle films. The sure. Castle Blanca? The Castle There's another one we could use for the castle category. No, we can't use Casablanca for the castle category. No, you're saying it wrong. It's Castle Blanca. Castle Blanca. That's how you say White House in Spanish, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama in the Castle Blanca. <laughs> You've been doing your uh Duolingo. Yeah. 
Duolingo. That's what I call Dora the Explorer reruns. <laughs> Why are you watching those? Just to learn. Yeah. <laughs> Expand his vocabulary. Just trying when to think I, the app. What? You got the Dora app? Yeah. <laughs> Swiper keeps swiping, right? Mm-hmm. Left. Didn't they make like a new one, like a teenage girl? To make it like cool. They made a movie. Yeah. Yeah, they made a movie. I tried to get that on the podcast, but you shut it down. Right after MXP. Because I said it was too good for this podcast. Yeah. You said Dora was too old. (laughs) Not my Dora. She's above her prime. Not trying to watch this 18-year-old Dora. It's bullshit. I feel like this joke is just going to lead to places that we don't want to go. Or shouldn't go. You know where we should go? Where? Right into this flick. Ah, Our number three pick for detectives. You got it. 1988, Dead Heat. We open with some great simple pan-in credits. Treat Williams, Joe Piscopo. Dead Heat. New World nice New World Pictures. New World Pictures, which is uh what's his name? The crazy dude. Uh, Roger um, Corman. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. New World Pictures. I just watched something else that was There's an there's a certain podcast that was talking about it on their episode this week. That would that's, be why I watched it. Why. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you for not using their name as we're already self-conscious enough about doing their whole shtick. Yeah, fuck All right. those guys. Uh, we got uh, some great helicopter shots over L.A. with some credits. The name that pops out to me is Robert Yeoman, cinematographer. Worked on my favorite movie of all time. Thought that was cool. The Dora, um, the Dora movie? Yeah, yeah. Casablanca? <laughs> he was the one who fought for her to be younger, but <laughs> the studio intervened. He was like, we set the camera up for a little girl. Now everybody's oh. going to be looking at this 14-year-old girl's ass. All my I sh- think, we're, think we're pedos. All my shots are two feet off the ground. <laughs> Um, speeding car through LA two goons are masking up this is where Nolan got the inspiration for the uh, prologue in the dark night <laughs> and heat yeah I, um, these guys masks kind of suck they suck and their performance is real bad <laughs> they don't suck they just don't fucking fit well why wouldn't you just get a? they're wearing like a leather it covers like half the face and then it's got a big flap in the back. Just It's the mullet of masks. Just go buy a ski mask at that point. It's too yeah. hot, man. It's LA. They're wearing a leather mask. And they full trench coats. Need to breathe out there in that smog. That's why I'm saying get a ski mask, dude. 
You're telling me you think that leather's more breathable than cotton? You tell Carlito that, goddammit. Also, uh, I don't necessarily think they need to be breathing, right? Yeah, they're no. dead. Come to find out. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there's a really awkward, like, into the camera delivery of, like, come on, come on. So something's off with his voice, let alone like how fucked up they both look. You can tell uh, there was some dialogue problems here because they're just like, oh, you stupid fuck. Oh, you dumb ass motherfucker. It's very manly talk there. Yeah. It's probably like they just filmed it 15 times and then stitched it together. Yeah. It's probably hard to play dead and play a bank robber. You are dead, but you're also animated. Action! So, this is intercut with a woman at a jewelry store. Uh, The goons bust in. They throw the grandma to the floor. They shoot up the place a little bit, get everybody on on the ground. They start busting into the jewelry jewelry cases. Well, they try to bust in. They can't. They end up having to shoot their machine guns into it. They start loading some bags. Uh, Then we cut to our heroes, Doug and Roger. They're cruising around in a sweet convertible. Um, Doug is the chipper of the two. He's rocking out, tapping on the dashboard. Uh, Roger seems a little bit more... um, Reserved. Roger's a little upset that uh, Doug's wearing basically undercover or undercover style clothing. It makes Roger stand out because he's wearing a suit. Uh, they get a call from dispatch. There's some some back and forth here to show that Doug's even a little bit more immature than just sort of the initial pounding and rocking out that he was. Um, they get to call. They head to the robbery. By the time they get there, the cops have the place surrounded. Oh, wait. There's a part here where Doug grabs like a hot dog off the dashboard. Yeah. And he takes a bite out of it. And that's kind of when they get the call. So they like turn this corner really sharp. And there's a there's like one shot where the meat from the hot dog flies out. And then when they pull up, he's only holding the meat. Oh, I thought the bun flew off and he's only holding the meat cuz he even he looks at him. Okay. Well, so it it's like a fuck up? Yeah, that's when they come okay. around. He just has the dog, but in the in the previous shot, it looks like the dog flies out and he only has the bun. All right. And I know he looks at him like, "What the fuck? You fucked up my sandwich." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think it was a hot dog or we would be spending a lot more time on it. I thought it well, I it's a long stick of meat. What else would it be? I thought it was like a McRib or a hoagie or something. <laughs> yeah, but then what is he holding? Really, really just solid uh, pastrami. <laughs> Compacted pastrami? Some spam. No, there's... Spam is real big in the 80s. I don't know. I couldn't tell. I thought at first a sandwich too, but then it... Looked to me like he's just holding a dog. If it was a hot dog, it was a burnt, real skinny hot dog. Yeah, it looked like a, a long, thin one. 
This was not a Dr. Manhattan hot dog. <laughs> if it was a hot dog, I would have wrote down something about a hot dog, and I don't, I don't have anything about a hot dog. Guys, in the break, I want you to pull we, this up on your computers. and We know hot dogs. I think it was a hot dog. This is a pro hot dog podcast, Kyle. We don't need to be wasting time on fake hot dogs, dude. So they pull up. Cops have the place surrounded. They park. They run over. They meet a lieutenant. Um, here's some Star Trek casting for you. This lieutenant plays the hologram doctor on Star Trek Voyager. In case you were wondering. What would I gain from a hot dog lie? Nerd alert. <laughs> Listen, dude. Just because you're all into deep state hot dog like conspiracy theories... Don't bring it out on the podcast, okay? I think it was a hot dog. Run the tape back in the break. Listen, did you see a guy walking a dog in the background and you were like, oh, that's a hot dog? Like, No, I know what a hot dog is. Well, Golden Retriever, that's the hottest dog there is. What do you think like the hottest dog wise? is? Yeah, like sexy wise. I... <laughs> Come on, just answer. I don't think. <laughs> Stop thinking about your future and answer the goddamn question. I've never seen a dog and thought it was hot. All right. What's what's a dog that you look at and is like, I want to pet that dog. This, it might be a hot dog, but it is one very long hot dog. It's a Foot long, long burnt hot dog. It might. Okay. Stop ignoring the question. I'm, I'm reviewing the tape. All right, so they make this quick turn. Mm-hmm. That's where it Kyle looks like is correct. the dog flies the out. The hot dog slips out, mm-hmm. and then in the next shot, it looks as though the bun has been I, blown away. We, we got I think we got a turnover on the call. I think this was a hot dog. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Bones, he's just trying to get out of the question of what dog he's most attracted to. Hot dogs. Yeah, hot dogs, dude. That's the that's the Not true. What's the best looking dog? Hot dog. <laughs> it's like a kid's joke. <laughs> or Did it's you... a trick to get somebody to go like, man, I'd fuck a poodle. <laughs> yeah, that's what you wanted to hear, Dan. Let's not isolate that, by the way. <laughs> well, not from bones. I wanted to hear it from you. Yeah. I don't everybody everybody knows I hate dogs. I just I like eating hot dogs and I think normal dogs are cool. <laughs> I'm a simple guy, dude. You spent many years with dogs. Yeah. Learning from them. <laughs> Cleaning their poo poos. Well, you gotta start at Res- the bottom. Respecting their culture and their ways. Yeah. Learning their lifestyles. I mean, can you believe I started picking up dog poop and then I was the leader of the pack by the end of the summer. I yeah, they were picking up your dog shit. Yeah, dude. That's no. a that's a rags to riches story. They're not wolves, man. These are country music stars pets. You don't think dogs are pack animals? How many times did Tim McGraw like put a choker on you and walk you around his yard? Man, the more you say, the less I think you know about dogs or hot dogs. 
Or Tim McGraw. Yeah. Guys, is Tim McGraw still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Dude's dude's ripped his shit. Tim Mac? <laughs> Tim Mac? Yeah. Why wouldn't you go T Mac? <laughs> you try to call him that and see what see if he doesn't correct you. Why, Told why you he you, was walked around by him. Told you. Why why did you shorten the already short? How does he know his syllable. official nickname if he doesn't hasn't been there? Tim Mac likes it because it's it's three letters on each side. He's an evens guy. Yeah, he said it oh, looks it looks beautiful. That his li- that's his license plate. It's beautiful on a marquee. I just quit drinking beer and found Jesus and just love my kids. Hi, I'm Tim McGraw, and I fully support the Five Day Rentals podcast. Call me Tim Mac. Skydive in. Tim Mac out. We can go back to the movie. Oh, that's all right. Do you guys want me to do more Tim Mac? You can you can bring him up. Okay. I'll have a question for Brian De Palma later. Not in the building today. I think he was so here, I think he was installing the door at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> so our heroes finally show up. Cop the other cops have this place surrounded. There's multiple cop cars. There's gotta be at least fifty cops here. Mm-hmm. Um they report to the lieutenant. Roger asks, do you think it's our cash and dash boys? Um, the goons finally come out of the jewelry store. Some hot-headed, like, uniformed officer runs up on them with a shotgun. I, I was going to say um, 50 cops, 39 rookies. Yeah. That seems about right. Like, all the smart cops are probably still behind the... Like the cars taking cover. Um, so this hot shot little rookie cop runs up. They take him out. The goons are opening fire. Cops are firing on the goons. Goons are taking dozens of rounds. Great squid going off, but they're not going down. Well, do uh, they do they have bulletproof vests on? No. Okay. I thought there was a shot where it looked like one of them did. I wonder if it was just the squib vest that they were wearing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because they seem to be getting shot just in the um, in the gut, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, nobody hits him in the head. So they're trying to take him down. Roger and Dux are talking like, what the hell is going on? We've at least shot each of these guys, you know, 50 times at least. Roger's getting a little upset, so he hops in the lieutenant's car. He drives by the goons once and shoots a shotgun out. At the, the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know what that was really doing. I think maybe he was just trying to get their attention with the shot. He goes down and makes a U-turn. Uh, One of the goons, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I thought it was really funny because he he's talking to the police chief and he's like, can I use your car? That guy says no. But whenever he runs over there and gets the car, there's like five cops behind it using it as cover. And he just like peels out. (laughs) Really leaving them in the line of fire there. Mm -hmm. I was really just waiting for a chick to pop out from the back and he would yell, cock it. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so he drives by, shoots him once with a shotgun, goes and makes a U-turn. One of the goons kind of steps out into the street to follow him. The other goon, he finally runs out of ammo. He goes to throw a hand grenade, and Doug, Joe Piscopo, shoots him in the hand. He drops the grenade. Uh-oh, and he explodes. Roger, he slams the lieutenant's car and sandwiches the other goon in between another car. I think this looks great. Mm-hmm. Like the dummy work on that. Uh, a, lieutenant comes up shooter. and starts. Yeah, for sure. Lieutenant comes up and starts chewing their ass. This we get the first of many terrible but great uh, Joe Piscopo lines. Like you have the right to remain disgusting. I mean, I thought it was good that they read these guys their rights. I mean, mm-hmm. they've obviously watched Amsterdam. They know mm-hmm. anybody could take a, a dart to the head and keep going. Yeah. Well, like Roger even asked him, like, you think that's necessary? And Doug, I think he says, uh, you can never be too sure with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so cut to their them getting their ass chewed by the captain, who is like, Giving off a real high school principal vibe. I don't know how you guys felt about him as far as like screaming captains go. Isn't that kind of what most police captains are? They're- yeah, but I I didn't feel threatened by him. I felt he was more of like an educator. <laughs> I think largely because of like, he enunciated everything. I mean, it is L.A. So yeah. You think at the end of the day, he just wants to see them... I want you to pin their asses with 12-inch railroad spikes. Like, the way he says it is... He just really wants to see these boys, like, shape up and... and Yeah, think about their future, Yeah, you know? And call your wives. Yeah. So this is the only time we see the captain. They kind of walk out of there. Yeah, so what? Because he reads them the whole, like, riot act of... You know, unauthorized use of a police vehicle, unauthorized use of a, like, non-police weapon, 18 parking tickets. He starts going off about all this other shit that they've also done. Uh, They leave. They even say, Doug says, uh, Captain will make a fine PE teacher. And this is also when they walk by a nun that's there, I guess, giving a statement or something, and Doug's like, hey, call me Thursday. I think that's my favorite what? line from old yeah. Pispico here. Piscopo? Pispico. Pispico. What's his name? Starring Al Pacino. Piscopo. That's what I said, right? I think your emphasis was a little... Too much on the P-I-S? Yeah. Yeah, you're hitting the piss pretty hard. Yeah, bro. Speaking of piss, we've inter- uh, oh no wait, never mind. Pissoko. Yeah, are all these paintings by that one guy, uh, Pistachio? Mm-hmm. You know the ones that like Jay Z was talking about in his album, how he stole it. Blue. Hmm. So detectives are in their office. They're filling us in a little bit. Um, 
recent string of robberies, six cash and dash events, as they're calling them. The robberies are happening in the daylight in pairs of goons, and they are all they've all been really hard to kill. Is this at uh, the at the morgue? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Doug's throwing darts, and Roger's kind of filling them in. Yeah, and yeah. They're asking like, "What the hell?" Roger even says, "You know, there's some drugs out there, some hard drugs like PCP. You know, that can make people." take severe trauma and keep going. Um, but they're not buying it really. Then they get a call by the coroner. It's an, a real quick, you got to get here, or, you know, get down here now. They get to the coroner. We meet Rebecca. Um, when they're first at the, at the coroner's place and they're like looking at a dead body, <laughs> that yeah. thing looks like mangled. Like <laughs> it looks like a Tom Savini, like, you know, special effect on the slab right. there. Well, they were. The, was that the grenade? The one that blew up by the grenade? Maybe I don't know. Because don't they go and they like look at the? I mean, they look at one of them that has like the torso cut open. Right. But I I couldn't figure out if that was supposed to be the guy that blew up or just an unrelated. Corpse. I think it was because yeah, I think it's the first one because yeah, they kind of just shove them under the blanket there. Yeah. It would be kind of funny if they're just looking at random bodies. Like, we can't look at the one she's going to show us, mm-hmm. so let's look at these others. So the coroner is Rebecca. Rebecca and Roger, they, they seem to have a history. She's a little upset that Roger hasn't called her. Doug even gives him shit. Like, I thought I was the animal. Rebecca starts to tell our detectives that upon investigation these goons have already had autopsies um, autopsies that she performed and she's got pictures to prove it. I thought that was um, funny. Just that she was like, look at these pictures of them. Yeah. <laughs> she just had them in her lab coat. Yeah. You got those in your pocket lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, she even says like, I never forget a body mm-hmm. or never forget an autopsy or something. So Rebecca's boss, Dr. McNabb, he shows up, he starts to refuse Rebecca's theory um i love this there's like two or three scenes in this movie where this guy is just like oh it's a like sometimes people make mistakes and they're really alive or yeah uh like sometimes you know dead people just get up and walk around the uh mcnab is the best performance of the movie i think like he really nails i think the sort of dark idiot humor Mm -hmm. of it so dad from uh christmas story right yeah it's that, i was trying to nail him down i'm like where the fuck have i seen that guy so, yeah you're right though so rebecca's upset she sort of storms off doctor says you know in five years she'll be real good but for right now she's just like you know obviously got these weird theories <laughs> doug and roger kind of call him an asshole and they walk off Roger follows Rebecca uh, into her office. Do you believe me? Um, They have a little back and forth. We get a little bit more of their history. Uh, Rebecca tells Roger that she, um, she found another trace of something weird on the bodies, a substance called sulfafiazol. Sulfafiazol. Um, and then 
she was able to track that there was a large purchase recently made by a Dante Pharmaceuticals. Don't you guys miss like 70s and 80s databases before we even knew what the internet was? Mm-hmm. But there were like these magical databases that people could look at. You just boot that computer up into MS-DOS and mm-hmm. search you could just Yeah, you used to be able to just type who bought sulfathiazol and a dot matrix printer would mm-hmm. and you'd rip it off yeah just spit it out for you it says right here on this page i'm looking at one of my favorites is uh i think it's for your eyes only and it's a james bond flick and they have this like software where they can put together a face so instead of like a police sketch artist he sits down with q and starts explaining like a body and Q is just typing and the face starts to form, you know, it's very, it's like two steps below weird science. I think it was probably just like a perfect time where people knew computers existed, but they didn't yeah. know what they were capable of doing. Yeah. So it was, that is, that is a throwback to uh, Mr. Conte from I the Jury from last week because he did the theme for for Your Eyes Only. Oh, Bill Conti? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we talked about that. I think I even hummed it beautifully. Mm-hmm. And another throwback here. We got our second fish tank in two weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to get another one soon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Dante Pharmaceuticals, they bought a pretty big um, shipment of this drug. She tells them that it used to be something for, like, to treat bacterial infection or something, but it just seems odd that they would have them on. So, Doug and Roger, they head to Dante. Um, Roger introduces himself and Dante to a security guard. Um, this is, he is detective Roger Mortis. You get it? Yep. Rigor, yeah. rigor Mortis. Rigor Mortis. Yep. The well, band? This... Not to mention, I think at one point in the earlier conversation, I think, uh, Doug says like, you're going to be a dead man. Oh, we, we blew, we blew over the, uh, um, the death day conversation when they're at the morgue, Doug is talking about like your death day. Do you wish you knew when your death day was so you could get all ripped and eat a bunch and have a good get some time. chicks? Yeah. And then, yeah, he's, he says basically like, you know, bang whoever you want. And then like, right when you know you're about to, and then that's when Rebecca walks in. So that was this movie rated R gotta be yeah right i think yeah it is because Tubi changed their fucking thing and each time came back from commercial it would say it on the top there well let's let's get our Tubi plug in you you also blew over the fact that this security guard is reading uh penthouse magazine no i was i was getting there No, it's li- it was literally it, my next line. In Bones's version, it's a Playgirl with Sylvester Stallone on it. <laughs> hey, Just throw a pecker around. 
people are loving how I just appear he, in all these movies. He, Bones just found a list on the internet that just mm-hmm. has movies that I feature know. the playgirl of Sylvester Stallone. I have a whole category. Can you tell us how many movies are on that list? Do you think this security guard is has a smut wall somewhere? And he's oh for sure. If he's bringing penthouse to work, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. There's probably like a cut scene where you just saw him in the back, like clipping out a little. It's like, yeah, this one's going up tonight. They cut the cut scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's probably got like it's probably the security guards, you know, where they put on their security uniforms and whatnot. The locker or is, room. Or of? is this a communal magazine that they just have in the waiting area? <laughs> that could sounds be. like sounds like my type of business. Here at here at Dante Pharmaceuticals, we don't judge based on your sexual proclivities. Have you guys ever gone to a, a barber shop that had like Playboys? No. Or anything like that? I think I no, went man. to one once. I've gone to one where you can get a beer, but Yeah. That seems to be a thing now. Yeah. Here, have a beer f- because mm-hmm. we're gonna charge you forty five dollars for this haircut. Mm-hmm. Have a beer, read a playgirl. Watch some shitty daytime sports. Mm-hmm. What side and of town a, are you on, man? Here's a black and white photo of Frank Sinatra, you cool guy. I told you, Dan, they don't judge. They have Playgirl, Penthouse, everything you want. Mm-hmm. Can we still have a subscription? Never mind. Well, I think what I do is I just always bring my own Penthouse to the barbershop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm at... I. I found a lot of porno in the woods and in ditches Yeah, when I was a kid. So I'm wondering who is going out and leaving these. See, that was my question. It's like, was this the the dude that got caught by his wife and he was like, I'll just go throw it in the woods? Or is this the kid that stole it from his dad and was like, well, I can't bring it back now. I'm just, I'll just put it in the woods. Yeah. So... Did you guys ever give one back to the woods? I think I left one in the woods. I forgot it at one point. Yeah. We we had a tree in Guam. Yeah, you'd bury it. We had these little, like, literal, like, you know, cracks. You call them, like, a squirrel hole, but, like, a knot in the tree that had, like, a split. And we would climb this thing up, like, two stories, and we just had all of these, like, clippings and shit that we just push in there and mash in there you know so people were always at that tree yeah we'd climb up that tree and pull them i can i can visualize my favorite lady to this day climb a little higher and try to hide that one you know it was like we had this plastic tube that we'd put the lighter in and like cigarettes and then we'd like bury it because it had two of the caps on there. So if you ever wanted a cigarette, you'd just go to that tree and, like, get a cigarette. You just constantly would put cigarettes in there. What work you had to go through to have a cigarette to (laughs) dig it up from the ground. You got to do what you got to do, Kron. Our parents didn't let us smoke at 10 like yours. Yeah. 
Also, this is like a year before my family even had a computer, you know, much less the internet. So. I think I left a Playboy in the woods one time. Where'd you get a Playboy at? You know, I got it from a guy. I don't know where he got it. Older brother, maybe. Got it from a different woods. (laughs) It, It wasn't from the woods, but that's where I left it. Have where? Okay, send me the coordinates. I'll go back <laughs> this weekend and see if it's there. All right. I'm gonna get shot. Probably. I I had to walk home one day after middle school. No, this was high school. <laughs> I was walking home, and Dan, you knew where I lived, so that was a long ass walk. It's a terrible walk. It's a terrible walk. And halfway there, like in this ditch next to this road sign, I was like, holy shit. And I like hop down in there and I clear it down. And I'm like, holy, it was like the, uh, like the college edition of Playboy. I was like, oh man, but I can't take this home. So I kind of put it back and I put some rocks over and shit. And I used to get a ride to school with this kid. So he picks me up in the morning, the next morning, and we're driving. And I'm like, dude, pull over. I almost forgot. I was like, pull over real quick. He's like, what? I was like, just hold on. So I hop out and I run over to the ditch and it's still there. And I pull it up and I come running out, like running back with it. And uh, this kid was ever. This kid was starting to go a little straight edge at the time. So he was a little weirded out. He's like, don't leave that in my truck. I was like, I can't take it into school with me. You know, so I ended up putting it underneath his floor mat, I think. And then after school, I had to run out there and get it from him real quick. So I had that in my backpack for a while. <laughs> hey, don't go, please give me my Playboy. Got <laughs> yeah, pages ripped out. Yeah. Because that you're and, straight edge, bro. And that was scary because we had to have mesh book bags at our school, if you remember. You can just you remember, tuck you it remember into when, a book and close that up. I think I did eventually. I think I had it in like a folder. Mm-hmm. You know, that said like geometry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember our mesh book bags? Because mm-hmm. people were trying to keep us from getting shot? Uh, 9-11. Was it 9-11 or Columbine? I think it was Columbine uh, is what led sure. to like well, all com- that. Com- Columbine was the 9-11 of school shootings, right? (laughs) R.I.P. All right, so the security guard, he's kind of trying to ignore them. Uh, Should I hashtag Columbine in our next? (laughs) No. No. So finally they they get the guy to to call somebody. Um, and a Miss Randy James, the public relations officer for Dante, comes out. Uh, they ask her if she knows anything about the sulfur. I'm just going to call it the sulfur P. Um, Doug straight up asks her, do you know any zombies? Miss James, she takes him around the facility, kind of showing him, like, you know, we just do basic pharmaceutical stuff, nothing crazy. Doug asks about this weird asphyxiation room. It's just like off a hallway. Out in the open, yeah. Yeah. As is the room that says dangerous chemicals. 
So they ask about the asphyxiation room. She tells them that's where they would put down an animal if they had to do or had to kill an animal, you know, from animal testing, which still seems fucked up. Yeah. Seems like a terrible way to go. That's I, I wrote down like just when we have to kill an animal. Like Yeah. Well, he says, well, so the animals die so we don't have to. Yeah. Um, so they talk about this room for a suspicious amount of time. <laughs> then Doug asks, oh, what's that over there? Then there's a you know set of double doors. It says dangerous chemicals. Uh, Roger's like, all right, I think we've seen enough. Doug pretends that he needs to take a leak. Once the other two leave, he kind of hangs back. Sneaks into the room. Um, he uses like his badge, not necessarily to open the room, but I guess just like use the metal part to get yeah. the fucking card reader to. Yeah, he just like jams the card out. reader up yeah. and <laughs> blows it up. Anybody noticed he put it in like horizontal, and then it was fucking vertical whenever he, whenever it sparked. I was like, well, that oh, was I wrong. thought, oh, I thought it was still vertical. I just took. I was like, why would they give him a card that would open up that room? Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, no, it was just the top part. He just shorted it. Um, so inside this room, he finds uh, this huge machine. Um, Alien, uh, anybody? Yeah. Uh, he walks up it, and on the table in the middle of the room uh, is a a body underneath a blanket. He opens up the blanket and then this giant fucking biker looking dude reminded me of one of the world's, uh, what was it? Tough guys, world's yeah. toughest guy, whatever from, uh, fucking, uh, what was that movie? The, the, the Hulk Hogan movie. The Hulk Hogan movie. No holds barred gentlemen. Yeah. Jeez. What, what was the name of that competition? The world's uh, tough guy. Ba- Battle of the tough guys. Battle of the tough guys. Yeah, he looks like one of those tax-free. Yeah, <laughs> tax-free obsessed fighters. Uh, so this dude must have been in a motorcycle accident or some shit. He's like faces split. Yeah, but it looks like he's got like two faces growing. Yeah, there's it's, three in there. Yeah, it's fucked up. It makes your eyes. You know, it's like double vision or triple vision. Um, He starts throwing Doug around. Doug tries to shoot him. Thing doesn't go down. Roger hears the shots and he comes running. The security guard tries to shoot Roger. Roger dodges and shoots him. Roger shows up, starts helping Doug. They attempt to fight the guy together. um, Or the monster, rather. The monster ends up throwing Roger into the uh, asphyxiation room. Doug is stuck fighting the monster. Uh, the room gets locked because they run into the one of the buttons. And then we cut to somebody's hand showing them starting the air decompression of the room. Yeah, we get Doug, the famous evil gloved hand here that we, yep. we never find out whose it is. Oh, we know. We find out eventually. Mm-hmm. You assume. Nah, we know. Um, Doug is still struggling with the monster. He's got a fire extinguisher. He's finally able to knock the thing down, but he can't get over to the room to open the door before the the pressure 
drops. Um, the security guard shows up, and Doug has to shoot him, I think, three or four more times, and finally he goes down. So he's not dead, or he's not an undead, rather. Um, I think decent acting from Joe Piscopo while he's like beating on the window trying to get the thing open. Mm-hmm. And good acting from uh, Treat Williams pretending to be like asphyxiated. Uh, but Roger dies. This treat is expired. You got it. Let's let that joke breathe. Mm-hmm. Jealous, Dan. Anyway, shit. Anyway, moving on. I'm, what happened next? Uh, so Doug is in shock. He's just sitting in the lobby of the place. Rebecca shows up. Um, Doug has to tell her that Roger died. He shows her the body. Shows her the chamber. Um, she asks what the hell happened. Doug says, you wouldn't believe me. Try me. He takes her to the big room. Uh, she starts typing around on this computer randomly, and she realizes, oh, my gosh, they were using the sulfa P to prolong the body so they could use this machine to resurrect the body. This is where they're bringing bodies back alive. And Doug can't believe it. She starts typing around, puts a lot of information into the computer concerning Roger. You'd think you'd just be able to go start. I, <laughs> I like in this scene, too, where she's, like, explaining how the machine works. And yeah. Doug can't understand it. And she says it's just like how a starfish can grow a limb back. <laughs> was, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like that at all. <laughs> bringing a dead body back to life. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, or she says, what's the difference? And Doug's like the soul, Becky, what about the soul? Which seems really deep for Doug. Mm -hmm. Um, So she, anybody noticed like the 1950s soundtrack for this thing. It was very like, like an old timey, like movie from the fifties or the forties, it seemed like. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. No. Like that. Just like Miles Davis, everybody. Just like a sad like, trumpet. I thought it was great because I don't remember it. It wasn't like good that I remember it, and it wasn't so bad that I remember it. I didn't you really know? pick it, it up like, until this point, and I'm like, yeah. For an 88 movie, you'd think that this would be just blazing with Flock of Seagulls or something. Yeah, a bunch of Blondie tracks on here. Yeah. Don't need no credit card. (laughs) So what do you know? Becky convinces Doug. They put Roger's body on the machine. She activates it. Hey, guys. Roger's back. Be my Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. A little so, bit of Alice Coop for you. Isn't it Feed My Frankenstein? Is it? Yeah. That was Be My Frankenstein. Well, it also just sounded that a lot. Be, it's Be My Baby. It sounded a lot like Cherry Pie. Yes, it did. 
Who's that? Bye. Be my Frankenstein. <laughs> yep. She's my cherry pie. It's by Warrant. Yeah. That's come up on like two podcasts I've listened to where they're talking about She's My Cherry Pie and they've got the artist wrong. I'm like, nope. I think one of them said Ario Speed. Oh, that's Ario Speedwagon. And then the other one was White Snake. I'm like, I mean, White Snake's closer. Uh, I seen then, White Snake. They opened for Judas Priest in 2006 in San Antonio, Texas. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> They're playing Nashville. We'll go. They're not playing here. I'm fucking. You, if two against one. We don't want them. Hey, White Snake, stay the fuck out. Nashville. I think I, I think we I don't speak like for Nashville. We <laughs> don't like 5G, and we don't like White Snake. That's right, dude. Condos. What was their big song? Here I go Here again. Here I go again. Yeah. Oh, my, oh. Careful with that condo talk, dude. Dude. That's when I knew my mom was cleaning house. I was like, oh, fuck. When, Here we go again. When White Snake came on? Oh, yeah. White Snake or Meatloaf. <laughs> oh, some bad out of hell? Yeah. Why do you think I... That knocked it off a point five because I was like, this is just bringing back memories of... Pick up everything off your floor so we can vacuum. It's 9.30. I want to sleep, Donna. Here I go. <laughs> man, your mom your mom was a badass, dude. She was a bad out of hell, man. Which My mom was a cluck. We, she would, uh, we had uh, Madonna and Prince. Hey, we got way better. Like, And... Uh, we had the Texas Tornadoes. Hey, baby, que pasó? The Gypsy would, Kings was a big thing. Yeah. Would, Fleetwood Mac. Would your mom put on Here I Go Again and then just kick your door in? Nah, she'd like take off all her clothes. It was fucking weird. <laughs> oh, uh, was, that a line. Damn, was that damn Yankees where Ted Nugent I, like I kicks open the that. doors? The guy at work was singing, uh, can you, he's like, oh, that's that band that said, can you take me higher? And I'm like, no, dude, that was damn Yankee with fucking Ted Nugent. And he's like, how do you Mm -hmm. know that? I'm like, I don't know, man. I just do. Mm -hmm. So he was. Fly me over. Can you take me higher? No, Karan, we're going to stop there. Move on, Bones, please. You what? do not bring Creed into this podcast. Yeah. I was ready to lean into that bit with open arms. No. <laughs> arms wide open. Bullet in my head, please. I don't know if you can draw the the bad music line at Creed. <laughs> we just discussed damn Yankees and White Snake and I would take White Snake over Creed any goddamn day of the motherfucking week. I don't know. Yeah. There's that Creed album, Weathered, is actually pretty good. 
that has bullet in my head, which I was in a music store and I was like, who the fuck is this? They're like, it's Creed. I was like, no, it's not. And they're like, yeah, it's Creed. And I was like, holy shit. They grew some fucking balls. Was that album sucked? Was that the mud man cover? No, No, that was the one uh, after that was human clay. (laughs) That's the one that had higher. Son of a bitch. All right. I think I found what I'm sending to your guys' house. Please don't send me any Creed things. (laughs) Karan, you're welcome. With arms wide open. Let's go there. What was their other one off of that? It was arms wide open and higher. Those were the two on that one, I think. How do you know the singles off of that album? How do you not? They it played, was fucking everywhere. <laughs> played every day in every location ever. Yeah. Should have been there on a Sunday banging my hair. <laughs> Is that my own prison? <laughs> I create my home prison. Didn't they get sued? They should have got sued by Pearl Jam. <laughs> no, I I think they got sued. I remember seeing something on The Daily Show because they performed so bad. Some of their fans were like, this show sucked so bad. We we sued them for like their money back and like damages for like time lost and shit. Because he, he was like so drunk, he was making snow angels. Like... <laughs> That's where are they at? Like stained is now like headlining shit again. And I'm like, well, yeah, they came back, right? Cause he went and did the country thing and now he's back with stain. Trying to make more money. Mm-hmm. This well, says, let's lock up. This says the tickets cost $50 each, but the lawsuit estimates that with service charges, parking and other fees, the estimated 15,000 fans are owed $2 million. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you, Scott Stapp. Sue us, I dare you. All right, so Roger's alive. <laughs> um, Human clay. They- they start asking Roger how he feels. He's like, man, I feel great. Uh, Becky and Doug have to explain to him that he's dead. He doesn't really believe them. He tries to go through, you know, what he remembers. McNabb shows up. Uh, finally, they convince him by Becky's trying to take his uh, vitals and realizes that he doesn't have a heartbeat. Um, he tries to listen himself, can't get a heartbeat. Dr. McNabb is skeptical. He's like, oh, what the hell? Let me try this, you know? Um, then finally Roger, uh, accidentally cuts himself on like a vase or something next to him. He cuts the artery, but he's not bleeding. And this is kind of what finally convinces him like, holy shit. Becky says, I haven't told you the worst part. I'm dead, Rebecca. How worse can it get? 
Becky explains that based on like when he started and everything else, uh, he's going to start to decompose. He only has about 10 to 12 hours. So instead of trying to live up life in his 10 to 12 hours, he's like, the only thing to do is find who fucking did this to me. The only thing to do is be American and work. Yep. So they decide to go find Miss James and see what's going on. They take off. They get in the car. Uh, Roger and Doug, they're cruising around. Roger realizes that the color in his face is starting to go. So he asks Doug to stop at a drugstore. He comes out with some uh, lipstick, some mulberry wine. Doug says that's a good color. Brings that your eyes. You know, some of that great 80s gay humor that we all miss, right? Um, Roger's having a real hell of a time trying to apply the lipstick while Doug's driving, which I think is pretty funny. He looks like the Nolan Joker by the time he's done putting this lipstick on. <laughs> he's yeah, gotta... I think it's an, another inspiration. <laughs> so you're telling me that Nolan got his whole idea. <laughs> When people when he when he said, I can never see, finish people, a Nolan thought. People misheard him when he said I was inspired by heat. They somebody didn't type dead heat. It was like shorthand. Uh, <laughs> so it's not heat that inspired. It was dead heat. It was dead heat. Nineteen eighty eight is truly the best year in cinema. Mm-hmm. So they get to. Uh, Randy's house right as she's like trying to take off Doug manages to kind of tackle her and hold her down Roger comes up and he's got the lipstick all over his face he looks ridiculous um, he wipes it off Randy says she doesn't know anything they take her inside they're not necessarily roughing her up but they're you know trying to ask her what the hell's going on Doug starts flipping through her purse he knows she's getting ready to bounce out of town because she has extra panties. That's how you know. Mm-hmm. Could just be her time of the month. You know, it's real insensitive. She could just want to change into yeah, something a little more sexy later. Yeah. Maybe she sells these to Japanese businessmen. Mm-hmm. She wears them for a little bit. Mm. Um, but inside the purse is also a uh, VHS. So they find a, uh, what's he, a, there's got to be a tape machine around here somewhere. <laughs> so, so they throw the, the VHS in and the movie, or it starts, and it's uh, Vincent Price. He's on his deathbed, and he has a me- uh, message for Princess. And uh, right as the thing starts playing, uh, Vincent Price is talking, two more goons show up. Uh, we're going to call them uh, Bubba from Forrest Gump and Dana Carvey because that's the vibes I was I was getting. They start shooting the place up. They hit Roger a bunch, but he obviously is already dead. Um, the crew manages to get outside. Roger hides in a hot tub. Doug hides in like a, you know, like a pump room or whatever. They come out. They fight. Uh Roger ends up throwing one into a hot tub. That's what I call my office. What's that? The pump my room? Pump, my pump room. I lift weights and I jerk off in here. <laughs> Sweet. And you got all those uh, pool pumps back there. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. that iron, and that iron lung. True. You ever jerk off in an iron lung, bro? <laughs> you can't. You can't move your hands. You let the pump do it. Yeah, Big they... fan of your work, sir. <laughs> Tell me, is he still writing? Bolts of the series, dude. That's one of the best jokes in there that I, I don't think anybody catches. Is he still working? <laughs> a fucking iron lung. <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to say when they get in this shootout, uh, I think Roger comes out of it with a bunch of bloody bullet wounds but they made such a big point about him not being able to bleed earlier in the film. Right. I, I took that as like the damage, like the, just the, the bullets hitting are going to create like a little bit of a mess. Like, cause he's never really like pouring blood or anything. I get what you're saying now. I thought it was just probably, you know, it's going to look better with squibs going off. Yeah, yeah. Well, he manages to kill, finally kill the the assailant he's fighting with by throwing a radio into a hot tub. Remember when that used to kill people in the 80s and 90s? Good old days. Yeah. I think it still would if it's plugged in. Oh, I just mean the trope mm. of using that, like electrocuting them in a bathtub or a pool. I heard like the emissions... Like, if you want to do the suicide by, like, starting your car in the garage, like, it won't kill you anymore because emissions are so low now. I was like, God damn it. I I was like, did they really ruin, like, garage suicides? Dare they ruin suicide? Your wife wife comes home and (laughs) just out in the car, like. Well, that, that news really throws a wrench in my plans for the weekend. Yeah, right? Wait, you guys are going to do it too? No, there's a, there's another thing that like a lot of people do now. It's probably not a smart thing to talk about, but there's a chemical reaction that people can create with some um, household cleaners. So there's a lot of people that will take their car out somewhere and they will start the chemical reaction by pouring stuff together and a few other things. And they'll let that sit in the car and they'll sit in the car and that'll... That'll kill them. Kills them quicker than, uh, you know, the hose on the tailpipe. That's a real. Had to sit through a whole, had to sit a, through a whole class in training about it. So that's a real downer. It is. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Not just, only are you just text me those later. Wife a widow, but she you use all her cleaning supplies. Yeah. What is she gonna do when she's upset that you're dead? Like, I will sell this house today. I will sell this house today. <laughs> Like I purposely piss my wife off so she'll start cleaning. Like, all right. <laughs> do you guys don't do that? She I'm listens married. to this podcast. <laughs> I'm not married <laughs> yet. Uh, don't don't Doug, do it. Don't Doug, do it. Doug ends up killing his guy with a like a patio umbrella pole. Um, not bad, not bad. No. So they go back inside and randomly the tape starts playing again. Um, and they recognize him. They're like, oh shit, that's uh, Arthur Loudermilk. 
she goes, yeah, that's my father. Um, and she also realizes, like, holy shit, you've been shot a bunch of times. Why aren't you dead? Um, they say, all right, yeah, you know, got explain a little bit so randy starts to tell him that dante pharmaceuticals this was her father's uh, think tank experiments anything he sort of dreamed of she says she didn't really want to be involved but she did uh just deliver uh some sulfa thia thiazol whatever the fuck it is to a guy named thule in chinatown so Roger has a change of clothes into some of Randy's ex-boyfriend's shit. He looks like a Miami realtor. I thought you were going to say me. No. You look way cooler than he does. You're a cool-looking guy. Looks like a laundry owner. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a laundry magnet. Magnate? You Mag- know what I mean. <laughs> laundry magnet. Magneto. Um, he's brushing his hair. He starts seeing that his hair is starting to fall out. Uh, he has a little jump scare of himself because he sees a, decompo- a decomposed version of himself in the mirror. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. They go to Chinatown. Uh, you guys recognize this butcher? I wrote down this guy is in a ton of stuff. Yeah, it's Professor Tanaka, man. From uh, Running Man and Last Action Hero, Mm -hmm. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm. Uh, I thought he was the uh, chef in Amsterdam. No. No. You see his knife control? He wouldn't lose a knife. (laughs) Those fucking guys in Amsterdam can't keep their fucking knives together. (laughs) Astound. It's in the water, dude. Can't help it. Uh, he just basically ignores the detectives. He just goes on like chopping up a duck or some shit that he's working on. Uh, he actually ends up chopping Roger's badge in half. Mm-hmm. Um, to Duck's credit, he's like not taking his shit. Like he's calling him out or whatever. Finally, Thule comes in. Uh, the butcher kind of goes back and forth. He threatens them with the knife again. They draw their weapons. We don't really get much from Thule. They bring up like, hey, did you do this? Um, he, and Before even like really bullshitting, he just like turns on the this resurrection device that's hiding up in the ceiling. Uh, and it starts turning on or reviving and resurrecting all of the dead bodies of like all of the animals in the butcher shop. So the chicken bodies, the duck bodies, then there's like a pig body that comes out. It starts attacking Doug. This is where we get the, that's it. I'm a vegetarian line. Um, Did, was Roger getting attacked by just like a cut of beef? I think so. Or like, it looked almost like an organ. Like a liver or some shit. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So they finally get, he gets that off his face. Doug ends up getting the pig off of him. And then the butcher comes out to attack Roger. He cuts off one of Roger's fingers, like kind of slices into his hand. Doug shoots the butcher. He's like one shot and he's down. And Roger's like, well, they're not all dead, which I thought was cool. So if you're not dead and you get shot in the right spot in this movie, you die. Um, 
Then from the freezer, a skinned headless body of a cow comes out, which I think looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks awesome, but it's like the most non-threatening <laughs> thing that you could have. I mean, here. I mean, if it got you down and like weighed you down, started to like <laughs> this is slowly you. smother you. I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they managed to take care of that thing. Uh, they destroy the machine and then this starts to cause like all of the rest of the bodies to start decomposing at like a much, like, you know, at a super accelerated rate, Doug and Roger, they start trashing the place looking for clues. So a real detective thing, (laughs) you know, you got to trash a place. I noticed they didn't leave any money though. No. Well, I mean, I mean they, they did try to kill him, so. So Mike Hammer, most responsible detective? Uh, he'll trash your place. He'll leave you a couple no. bucks for your trouble. I, th- I think I think Roger and Doug are the best detectives of the three, right? Well, not we'll, really. We'll play our game later. We'll play our game later. You don't think so? I mean, what... There's like one clue in this movie and it's solved with a telephone. <laughs> so, no, not really. I mean, that's definitely more than Doug dude is from a, Amsterdam does. It's a terrible detective. I don't even Doug, think he's detecting. Doug's a good partner. But the other dude, Mike Hammer and fucking Amsterdam detective, they would not be able to fucking handle the the dead rising. These guys handle it with grace. I think Visser could handle dead heat. He would have no reaction to it. If he they, didn't have any reaction oh to well. a scuba oh well. diving slasher. If they would have made nine more Mike Hammer movies, we would have got here eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number eight. Yeah. Uh, Roger finds a list of death dates. They're able to confirm this because one of the dates on it is actually the date that um, Loudermilk died. Then here's a really old thing you don't see anymore. The gang goes to a library. They start looking through the newspaper. And they find a bunch of dates that happen to match uh, the obituaries of some noticeably rich people in the area. One of them being a uh, the Blue Jean King. Mm-hmm. Where is his movie? Yeah. Well, they also get one that's called the microchipped wizard. Wasn't that a tennis player, the Blue Jean King? I think that's Billy Jean King. Okay. No, that was the lesbo. No, she's not my lover. Yeah. What did you say, Dan? I said, wasn't that the lesbian that went up against the dude in the tennis match? Oh, okay. Oh, did we have the same joke? No, you made a Michael Jackson joke. Oh, okay. Uh, Roger starts to actually like freak out now. It's starting to hit him a little bit. He looks at a clock, realizes that uh, he can't really make up for a life of nothing in six hours. He, him and Doug have sort of like a slow jog chase through the library. Doug has to give him a little bit of a, a pep talk. Let's go trash their ass, man. 
the gang shows back up to the coroner's office. Uh, Randy and Rebecca are not really getting along. Randy does not like Rebecca for some reason. I thought this part uh, was super funny because it seemed like they were both into Roger. <laughs> it's like, how slim pickings is it in this town that two ladies are fighting over a dead guy? Yeah. I think the chicks both look almost the same to me. They're like bland hot. I don't know how to describe it. Like they're attractive, but they're also, yes, yes. Oh, you're bringing bland? Pound that sweet piece of veal. (laughs) That character's mom might have one of my favorite lines. Or no, I think it's her, right? Show me the sins of the secular flesh. (laughs) Yeah, show me the ways of the secular flesh, I think. Um, she's got such a great low center of gravity I'm telling you you can't knock her over I can knock her over I think the funniest bit is when George Michael is is telling him about the Mayan egg and then like immediately after that Michael Bluth goes I just don't want you getting her all glittered up for Easter Ah, shit. Um, Rebecca tells Roger, unfortunately, that it's accelerated a little bit faster than she thought. She gives him about three to four hours. Roger says they should split up. Roger's going to go check Loudermilk's grave, and he sends Doug to go meet with Loudermilk's lawyer. This is not before McNabb shows up, and they sort of joke around with each other. Um, we reveal that uh, McNabb's license plate says body doc. At the cemetery, um, Roger wastes no time. He just shoots the lock off the tomb and goes inside. And then for some reason, inside this tomb, there's a lamp and a telephone and a table. Like So I don't know who's hanging out in this tomb and making calls. Um. Randy starts to tell Roger a little bit more about their relationship that uh, Loudermilk really isn't her father. um, Loudermilk found her when she was in the hospital for rehab, kind of became like, you know, her pseudo father. This whole time, Roger's kind of dicking around with the phone and some other stuff in the area. He turns on the lamp and realizes that there's a in blood, like a number code on this lampshade. Um, so they leave, they go back to Randy's place and they find Doug murdered, hanging upside down and drowned in the fish tank. Man, what a bummer. What a bummer. Doesn't he kind of like go past him first though? It's like a full grown man hanging out of a fish tank. Yeah. Roger basically walks right by it. It's Randy who has to sort of react to it. Mm -hmm. Um, cut to them sort of freaking out 
Randy is taking a shower. She's cleaning up. Roger comes in. He sits down and they're chatting. And Randy says, I, you know, I wasn't honest with you before. I wasn't in the hospital for drugs or anything. I was in the hospital because I was dead. They brought me back to life. They told me that I would have a longer lifespan as long as I helped them out. Um, Roger's asking her, like, what are you talking about? He can't really get any more answers out of her because Randy starts to decompose. First, her hand starts to change, which I think looks really good. Um, then, her, like, the right side of her face starts to melt. She kind of stands up. She's kind of walking towards him. Her whole right arm starts to decompose. Um, this is just basic. This Go whole ahead. scene looks great. I thought, yeah, like yeah. her her body melt looks pretty good. Yeah, the arm falls off. She finally falls to the floor, and her head just rolls off. And then probably the lamest thing of the movie is the head starts talking to her, like, "I'm sorry, Roger." Yeah, we didn't need uh, that. Yeah. Uh, Roger calls Rebecca on the phone. Uh, Rebecca has one of those annoying outgoing messages, which I didn't think they did back then. A total I thought that fake was like, out. Yeah, I thought that was like a 2010 thing that people did that shit. Um, he's getting frustrated. He While looking at the phone, he starts to realize, oh, text to number, number to text. So he pulls out his little number sequence that he got from the lamp and starts to write it down, and we get like body and then he realizes, oh shit. And this is where we'll take our pee break, boys. You can find 5 Day Rentals Podcasts pretty much anywhere. You can also send us an email at 5 Day Rentals Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, man. So the code is body doc, as we know, was McNabb's license plate, right? So Roger heads to the L.A. morgue, uh, and he confronts McNabb. McNabb is, I think, combing his wig for his toupee. He he has four or five of them. Yeah. He's just, he seems like a positive guy, you know? He's taking care of his hair pieces. Fluffing his, yeah. Um, Roger comes in fucking hot. He thinks that, uh, you know, Loudermilk was trying to leave a clue that McNabb is the one that killed Loudermilk. The whole time McNabb's just sort of playing it cool. Uh, Roger thinks that he's got the, McNabb is the one bringing people from the dead, using the goons to, um, rob jewelry stores. So he's got that part right. Um, Right as he really starts to thread McNabb, Thule and some other goons show up. Uh, this is my favorite part with Thule. He tells one of the goons to like shut him up. One of the goons like hits him, and then Thule's like, thank you. And he's very polite about it. <laughs> like, all right. I really like the bad guys in this movie. Um, so McNabb and Thule and the goons, they drag Roger outside. Um and they basically say, it's a bummer that you're going to spend your last few hours so close. Um, and nobody's going to be able to hear you or anything because they're going to lock him in this ambulance that's been soundproofed. 
Uh, and not only that, but he's going to have to sit in here with Rebecca's dead body. So here's another, uh, you know, off-camera kill. Fucking eat your heart out, Cormac McCarthy. He's an author. Listeners. Yeah, you dumb fucks. <laughs> does uh does he die? I didn't I never read the book. Does he die off page in the book? Or is that a Cohen Brothers thing? Like did they He dies off page. Oh, okay. Anton Sugar. Sugar. Sugar? Shigur killed him? I thought the, It's been a while since I've seen the movie. I thought the Mexican dudes killed him. The cartel got him. No, that's uh, Llewellyn Moss. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's who Bones is talking about. Oh, I who, talking who about kills Llewellyn. Yeah, the Mexicans uh, yeah. get, get to Llewellyn Moss. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen 2006's No Country for Old Men. That is a uh, Diablo Taco Bell hot sauce spoiler right there for you. Good thing we're getting the warning in after it's already been revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't really care because if you haven't seen that fucking movie yet, then, well, bend over, insert whatever you can find up your asshole. What's the most famous movie that you've never seen? Top Gun. What? I said Top Gun. I haven't seen Speed either. Karan? Lay it on us. I don't know. I'm trying to think. It used to be Rear Window, but I watched that like a year ago. Huh. Bones? Uh, Wait, I got one. Mine is a uh, train arriving at station. <laughs> Dude, you'll jump out of the way when you see that shit. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I saw I saw the remake. I didn't see the original. Mm-hmm. Oh, by Tony Scott? Yeah. It's fucking kinetic as hell, dude. That's a great movie. You're, you're saying Unstoppable is a great movie? Yeah, for like what it is. For yeah, a, Unstoppable is a good movie. For a it's dad a good movie? movie. You're not a dad, bro. I'd put it yeah. in that echelon of great dad movies oh absolutely all right so roger he's he pays his respects to rebecca he's he's upset he's he's sort of shackled in he's um handcuffed to the gurney that she's laying on uh roger realizes that he can extend his foot and he kicks the shifter of the ambulance into neutral. They happen to be parked on a hill, so the ambulance starts rolling down this hill, smashing through cars, building up oh, speed. I liked all this because he's yeah. like getting all like amped up, like <laughs> yeah, like yeah. all right. Even I think he says like this is going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I liked all this. I mean, you you're gonna fucking survive it. So who gives a shit? Well, it's kind of. I mean, this guy has an hour, hour and a half left to live maybe. And mm-hmm. seems like at this point he's just okay with destroying civilians in the process. Yeah. I mean, 
he's lost his girlfriend, his partner, his own life. I, I, I don't begrudge him anything. Like, fuck it. Uh, yeah, so this ambulance builds up speed, smashes into a bunch of cars. Ambulance rolls up, flips, explodes. We cut to some first responders on the scene. They're cleaning it up. They're loading one body into the ambulance in a body bag. And then we cut to another body bag that's being zipped open from the inside. And it's Roger. He's now fucking two-faced. One side of his face is all burnt off and falling off. His clothes are charred. He looks like a punk rocker like we were talking about. The first responders are fucking weirded the hell out. And this bike cop comes up, pulls his gun on Roger. Roger pulls out his badge. Bike cop's freaked out. He says, I'm going to need your gun. So Roger takes the cop's gun and the cop's bike and drives off like the T-1000. And they they really show him driving away on that bike. It is a weird, like, you could have cut that shot a good two or three seconds before. I'm sure this was a thing, like, Treat was like, I'm going to learn how to ride a, a motorcycle. So Dude, really Treat, this treat there, is God. method as hell, bro. Uh, he came into this thing. He probably showed up day one on a hog, dude. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think we could get treat for this podcast. I'd do it. Kron, how much you... money do we have left in our uh, five-day rentals account? Well, that's what I used to start the Indiegogo, so negative $8,000. God damn it, dude. I knew we couldn't trust this guy. I put it all into Strangeland, too. Fuck. Should have put it in the GameStop. I apologize for the uh, loud smacking of my dog ass drinking cheeks. water. That might be as my ass cheeks. <laughs> so hot right now. Mm-hmm. Good boy. Good boy. Fucking mouse all wet. All right. Um, so he drives off. We cut to McNabb in his resurrection room, and he's surrounded by a bunch of old rich assholes. He's given a little speech. Um, as you know, last week, Arthur P. Loudermilk died. Blah, blah, blah. Or did he? Bum, and bum, then bum. who comes out but uh, Vincent Price looking looking alive. <laughs> he starts telling people that there's a way to live forever. He starts laying into this woman like, there's more to your life. What do you want? Like a plaque on the side of a library. You know, like poor people die. Rich people deserve to live forever. Uh, Then cut to some security guards who for some reason are just watching this meeting. Like they're letting those cameras go on. This is where I wanted to talk to De Palma. You know, like where would you... Is this where he got the inspiration, you know, to really show stuff through a security or a security camera? Um, one of these guards really overacts this line of guys. <laughs> hey, five day, you guys there? Oh, where oh are shit! You? He did come through. Brian De Palma here. Uh big fan. Been listening to all your episodes. I appreciate that. Just wanted to say, the guy with the mustache must have been great in PE class, but hopefully he's pretty successful in life elsewhere. Wow, thank you. Anyway, 
When I was filming my international success Scarface and my international success Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage, who's still going strong, by the way. Can't slow that guy down. I guess by your current standards, Nicolas Cage is going real strong. Yeah, just like me. Right? Yeah. Now, Pacino, I think I got the best out of him. Fuck Coppola. Fuck, what about Michael Mann? Who? Anyway, uh... I'd say the insider is like, you know, pretty phenomenal performance. I did weeks upon weeks upon weeks of security cameras uh, <laughs> research here. Okay. So let me tell you, Dead Heat, that's what you're talking about tonight, right? Oh, you yep. know it. 88. I don't even know what I was doing in 88. God damn. But he's legit. Mark uh, Mark Goldblant, he's all right in my book. But anyway, I just want to stop in and say you guys are doing a great job. Uh, so you guys done any cocaine lately? No. Well, I mean yeah. some, but not those Tony Montagna mounds that you'd be interested in. Uh, yeah. Just well, the usual, usual yeah. lines. Just a bump it, off the end of yeah. a key. You guys' podcast is great and all, and, and, and you've really brought me back to life here and given me a reason. <laughs> you guys think I should do a Scarface, too? You're not dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're just giving me love. You know, you're giving me love. Yeah. Well, so. I'd like I'd like you to commit right now that any time we cover a movie and there is a security camera, well, I'll be there. Okay, yeah, just I'd like that to be your little calling card, you know. And I won't even I won't even charge you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, but we Scott, gotta keep we Scott gotta keep going. Too? This is gonna be kind of awkward, but I'm gonna ask you to just. Right, I'm just in the back here. I'm listening, like I'm I always do. Go the way of Carlito, if you know what I'm saying. Get on that midnight train from New York to the Bahamas, and mm-hmm. I don't. Sean Penn wasn't in this movie. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, guys, you do your thing. I I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta see a BDP producer on the phone. You know. Okay. Uh, the guards watching on the security camera. They don't notice that. Uh, fucking Roger is just blasting into this door on this motorcycle. He crashes through. He does a fucking badass John Woo slide mm-hmm. across the floor. Some good, shoots the security guards. Some pretty good slide shooting. Yeah. Um, takes out these guards. Takes their machine guns. Uh, Loudermilk is still giving his whole spiel about being able to resurrect people from the dead. Uh he has them. He has all the rich people come up and confirm that this body that's in fact on this table, excuse me, is in fact dead. Uh, Roger makes his way through the building. He takes out a few more guards. Then another guard comes up, and they both have machine guns, and they just start fucking laying into each other like an, an entire clip, which looks great. It's just a squib uh, blast off. Well, the security guard is in the asphyxiation room. Doug throws a grenade in there. Uh, Roger throws a grenade in there and shuts the door. He blows up. Uh, 
Roger busts into the chamber room. That's okay. Don't get up. Roger starts uh, blowing shit up. A bunch of the rich people run away. There's one one other guard off to the side. Uh, Roger walks over there, ends up smashing that guard into a uh, something electrical, and he starts burning up. Thule tries to shoot Roger. Roger gets him. Uh, as Roger starts to head to McNabb to get his fucking vengeance, he says, ah, 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 and you uh-uh. realize, eh, uh-uh. uh-uh. like, like a, a dad taking away a Kid Rock album. <laughs> uh, and McNabb reveals that it was Doug's body that was on the table that has just been resurrected. Doug hops up. McNabb orders Doug to kill Roger. Um, McNabb explains that he was down for too long, so he doesn't have the capacity for you know his own thoughts, so now he's under my mind control. He starts to choke out Roger, which, which why would that kill him? I think they were he was, shooting for a reach there with that, like he's under his own, he, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, they had but to put it, something in there. Just yeah. a quick line to be like, you say that, and... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, why wouldn't you recognize him? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it doesn't take very long, because Roger just starts talking about, like, everything that they talked about earlier in the day. Like, the death day. Getting get ripped. ripped. Yeah. <laughs> and, cause, and he's smart enough to know, like, oh, Doug is immature enough that that was the shit that Doug would be into. Oh, yeah, man. He well, realizes, oh, fuck. And the thing that convinces him is uh, Roger puts on that gay affectation that yes. Doug had used earlier. Yeah. He's like, the lipstick, the mulberry wine really brings out my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to DP a chick with you like before we died, dude. Our five-day five rentals calls it a side-by-side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Mhm. Confirmed. You got it. I love editing these episodes and realizing how much we agree with each other. Especially you guys ever DP'd a chick before? <laughs> no, not in that way. What I mean is, like, when one of us is going through the movie, I feel like Kyle and I will go, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, yeah. we're... Real, and it's polite. It's a polite thing to do. Like, yes, I acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every time I listen, yeah, I think I gotta stop doing that, and I gotta <laughs> stop saying like. And then we'll get halfway into a record, and I'll be like, eh, "It's already too far gone. <laughs> not gonna, mm-hmm. not gonna get it on this episode." So, yeah. I think we've been okay. This has just been a long episode because of meandering and uh, has been directors interrupting. Mm. Uh, so Roger finally convinces Doug hey blah 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 breaks him out of the mind control thing Roger and Doug what's that he's a titan dude he's not a has been I was waiting for that one I didn't say anything (laughs) fucking titan Uh, Doug and Roger start uh, sandwiching McNabb. He's got a little machine gun. He's trying to shoot him. And my favorite fucking part of the movie, 
is McNabb goes, now fuck that, you're not taking me alive. And blows his own fucking brains out. It's so quick. It's great. It is Such fucking great. It's a badass great. move, bro. Yes, it is. Uh-uh. Nope. And, <laughs> and Roger is pissed. You fucking cheated me, man. You fucking cheated me. So they throw McNabb's body onto the resurrection machine and bring him back to life. And then in order to get his fucking revenge, he turns the machine on again, puts McNabb through the torture of that, and his body just fucking explodes all over the place. The whole time, Vincent Price is like off to the side. Who? So I'm guessing it's set up in a way that Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo never met Vincent Price because he does that little walk around explanation to the rich people and then he's in that little side room. It really feels like, oh, we only used Vincent Price for like 10 minutes, but we got him for like all day, so let's use him some more. Yeah, I was well, I was going to say they might have had him for like four hours, like a half day is what yeah. he agreed to come shoot. Yeah. He shot like, like he probably shot the bedroom thing at his own house. Right. You know, I'll be in my own clothes. Um, so he's pleading with them, please don't destroy the machine. You know, I'll give you anything, money, power, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Roger and Doug, they're not having any of it. They fucking waste the rest of their ammo blowing the shit out of it. Um, they let Loudermilk go, which I don't understand. Uh, then they walk out into the hallway. The hallway's got a bright light at the end of it. They're walking into it. This could be the end of a beautiful friendship. The end. Walk into Valhalla together. You got it, buddy. You guys think we're going to Valhalla? I know I am. I know I am. You think this braid and the beads in my hair suggest otherwise? Yeah, dude, I got face paint on right now. And that's uh, this, in, this, in credits? I'm starting to think this is another deep rising. Dan, can you uh, give me some uh, some trivia? <clears throat> Upon further research, gentlemen, Dante's uh, Pharmaceuticals is also the set for a film called Biodome with Polly Shore and uh, one of those Baldwin brothers. A titan of a film. <laughs> a beautiful movie. Dead Heat was shot in 37 days. The vehicle that our two heroes drive is a 1960 Chevy Impala with the titties hanging out. What? Uh, the movie that Can you explain playing, the first part of that? I get the titties out thing. Could okay. A 1960 Chevy Impala? There you go. With the titties hanging out. Okay. Cron, you don't know what that means? No. It's a drop top, baby. Them titties hanging out. Ain't got a top on. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess I get it. <laughs> Come on, you know that's the coolest fucking thing you heard today. I've never what's heard the, it described. What's that the way? most famous pair of titties that you haven't seen? <laughs> that I haven't seen? Yeah. Oh. Michelle Obama. <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> you think I'm gonna get a text this weekend to cut that. I'll <laughs> no, keep that in. That's that's the best part of the show. You're telling um, me she's not super famous? <laughs> That might be the best answer possible. <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. How did we get to titties? Oh, with the titties hanging out. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. It, it's a callback to literally a minute and a half ago. <laughs> I've been drinking IPAs tonight. It's it's a combo callback. I'm off tomorrow. I could go another four hours tonight, gentlemen. You want to do the next movie tonight? Fuck it. Let's do it. Continue um, trivia, please. DOA, 1949, was the film that was playing on the TV whenever they went back to uh, Pispico's apartment. That makes sense. Released no. May 6, 1988. Was, they didn't go pis, uh, Joe Piscopo's apartment. They went to her house. Oh, was it her house at three dead? Well, I thought that yeah. was weird. I'm like, why is she showering at this dead dude's house? <laughs> What'd you think about that shower? It was nice. I wrote down, yeah. what a shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love an open shower. Very nice. We got a body count here of 32. Nice. We got a budget of 5 million. Gross worldwide, 3.5 million. Ah, what a bummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What a disappointment. So, yeah. And that's all I got for um, for research. I'm not much here. But I will say that would bring us into Mary Fuck Kill for this category. Do you Unless you want to do that after rate my letterbox. Yeah, let's rate my letterbox first. Rate it. Yeah. Rate my letterbox. Rate it. Kron, let's hear it from you, buddy. I'm going to say I'm going to say that Bones is a 3 and Dan is a 2. All right. I am going with Bones a 3.0. I'm going with Kron a 3.0 as well. Dan, 3.0. Kyle, 2.5. Kron, expose yourself. Uh, I would be a 2.5 on this movie think you get a good body melt i think <clears throat> i like treat williams better in this movie than treat williams in deep rising uh i think he's actually kind of cool in this i like the setup for the movie 
it's fun it's goofy um and the blue gene king and the suicide at the end make this all worth it laundry man Cron Howard last week for the ice road brought up an extremely good point that I guess I'd never thought of when we started this show. He said, "Would is this a movie that I would watch again?" And he said, "No, for I, the Ice Road," <laughs> which I agree. But um, so going into this, I think we needed a little more of the the zombies, like maybe another shootout or something. Great practical effects. And I asked myself, would I watch this movie again? And I said yes. So I'm going with a 3.0. And I fucking hated Pispico. I thought I we didn't even need that guy. Because it was literally after Treat Williams is done talking, insert smartass comment. Every single time. Joe Pispoco. Pispoco. So, I wasn't a huge fan of that guy. Bonesy? Fellers? I, uh... I really liked this movie. I had a lot of fun. It's a it's not even 90 minutes. I think it packs a punch. It's got great practical effects. It's got a real nice tight A to B sort of structure. I think there's just enough mystery to where it's not like spoon-feeding you. I think Treat Williams is charming as hell. I do think that Joe Piscopo, I don't know if it's he or the writing for that character or or what it is. There's parts of it where it's sort of annoying, but some of it is, I think, sort of cute. Uh, I would absolutely watch this again. I watched this two times, once for notes, and then a third time just because I wanted to watch it. And I... Um, Still a little ashamed that I missed the whole hot dog thing. But uh, they just don't make movies like this anymore. I am a 3.5. If I could give this a 3.75, I absolutely would. I don't know if I can give it a 4 just yet, but it is a real strong 3.5 for me. So I I have Dan is getting one, a Kyle a point five, and myself a two. Yeah, does anybody have a total of our scores here? Yeah, yeah, he's keeping a track. He's keeping track. Uh, right now, I have seven point five total. Bones has nine total. Dan has six point five total. Uh, this shit's rigged. Let's fuck Mary kill this category. Uh, Detectives. 
Oh, real quick. This Oh. This would be number this would be tied with Strange Land at number eight. Uh, I why even ask? Both have a score of three. Why even ask? You know where you both are gonna do. Uh, I know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and I know what Bones is gonna do. <laughs> so that really leaves it up to Dan. I think I gotta go Strange Land, but it's close. I'll tell you that it's close. Well, you made the right decision. All right, we can move on to Fuck Mary Kill. So we just finished detective category. We had Amsterdamed coming in one. We had I the Jury coming in two. And we had Dead Heat coming in at number three. So Bones, start us off here with Fuck Mary Kill. Mary Dead Heat. Fuck Amsterdam. Kill I the jury. Yeah. Goodbye, Velda, huh? I don't know. I want I want something a little a little foreign and off with my fuck, you know what I mean? If I'm marrying dead heat. I kinda wanna step outside a little bit. It's not an easy decision. It's not an easy decision. But Dan? I think I'm going to marry Amsterdam. I'm going to fuck I the jury. And Dead Heat's already dead, so I'm going to kill them. Just because I the jury, that's all they're doing in that film is fucking. Cron? Yeah, I think I'd have the exact same as you, Dan. Marry Amsterdam, because... You know, Visser's just going to ignore you most of the time anyway, let you do your own thing. Uh, fuck I the jury, kill Dead Heat. All right. Well, Bones, final thoughts. I'm sad again. <laughs> Why? I don't know. This was I, uh, no. I mean, I, it. It's not like you guys hated it. You guys I are, really, I really you, thought Kron was a three on this film. Yeah. I really I, I, if I, I had anybody guessed today, it was like, all right, Kron's going to give this a three. The practical effects are just too good. I mean, the body melt is good. The suicide is funny. I don't know. There's some beats at the beginning where it's just kind of like the hot dog thing isn't enough to capture me. <laughs> no rats. Yeah, zero rats. I I think it's a really hard thing to sort of ease into in terms of like what your story is about, what this universe is like, you know, uh, for some reason, I think they handle it just perfectly. Like, this guy built a machine and 
brings people back from the dead. Like the tone is just right enough. Almost like a back to the future level. You know what I mean? It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's not so stupid. It's It still addresses it. It tries to give it a little bit of throwaway science here and there to make up for it. Um, it never insults your intelligence in any way. Um, it doesn't overstay any any scene too long, but gives you just enough to get you through the story. I don't feel like there's anything missing. You could say, yeah, I wish there were more zombies and there was more this, but in no way am I like, eh, there could have been another scene that explained this or explained that. I think it. by the time you get to the end of it, I think it's great. And it's sort of refreshing every once in a while to just end a movie with your guys walking off, you know? So I really enjoyed it. It was, like I said, if I don't know if I could give it a four now, but I think, I think it'll grow on me. So. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I have maybe come to the conclusion that maybe I'm a little too harsh at times, but, uh. Like I said, I took the Quran approach and was like, would I watch this again if I seen it on TV or whatever? And I said, fuck yeah, I'll sit through this movie. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. If I think, I guess my whole thing was that I had Amsterdam at three and I liked that more than I liked this. And maybe I rated Amsterdam too low to begin with. But don't don't tell us that. Save it for the rewind. Well, I'm just telling you, like, that's kind of no. why I went 2.5 was. I couldn't give it the same score. Yeah. You boys are fighting for your films instead of enjoying the films. No, I guess Amsterdam's my film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of these are mine. <laughs> but I'm not necessarily... F- I, in 50 episodes, if we look at our list and I'm not as equal in the top 20 or top 25 like the first half as you guys are, I'm going to feel like sh- I'm not bringing good stuff to... You know, I don't ever want you guys to be like, ah, fuck, it's Bones' pick. So it's going to be. <laughs> no. I so. don't think that. You're right. Give us that's, 20 more episodes. That's all I'm worried about. It's like, goddamn, you picked another fucking Treat Williams movie or another. That's all. So, Kron, how many films do you have in the top 10? I mean, if we look at the top 10. Bones has Slumber Party Massacre, Dead Heat, and Black Dog. So that's three. Dan has Rad, Amsterdam. That's two. I would top ten? That's top ten. I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Phantom of the Paradise, I the Jury. Death Wish 3, and Strangeland. 
So you're not going to have a fun rewind show. Bones three, Dan two, me five. One of those is unfair. Dan brought it up earlier. It's unfair. Yeah. I, well, I always kind of thought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a little too high on here. (laughs) You think it's too high? I just, I knew you were angling for Strange Land and I I was just going to try to go a different way. Oh, no. I, no, I wasn't hitting at Strange Land. I was going at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, that's the one that's unfair. Like, yeah. I mean, I knew it would be high on the list when I picked it. Yeah. You can pick whatever you want. <laughs> Just wanted that. That like, turtles. <laughs> sound like I need to try to pigeonhole speed into this fucking episode or this show, though. I think speed would work great for this show. Oh, fuck. Well, speaking of our next category, Kron's going to reveal that tonight, but Bones is going to take us out right now. And we'll come back for the after shower show. Yeah, there's not much left. Uh,. We'll drop the usual info, how we normally drop the usual info. Um, Oh, tell them we're on YouTube now. Oh, yeah. We're on the YouTube now. Uh, Five Day Rentals Podcast on YouTube. Uh, By the time you're hearing this, we'll have a Two Day Rentals special for Liam Neeson's Ice Road. Spoiler alert, uh, it doesn't end up very high on the list. <laughs> but uh, I think the consensus is uh, it was much better than we thought it would be. So that's fair. Uh, but yeah, let's get out of here. I think we're all excited to hear what uh, Kron has for us. So for uh, Laundry Man Dan, Bile Kyle, Bones, Crash and Burn. Crash and burn. Crash and burn, y'all. Oh, man. Time to break off a new category. Thanks for sticking around. It's that time, boys. Yeah. It's always exciting. Who knows yep. what's right around the corner? Kyle, you got your loose leaf paper ready? Welcome to the after showers. Oh, oh you got your index cards ready. Thanks, Tan. Yeah, I've got index cards. You got index cards. You got your random.org pulled up. I'm on random.org. We're going for it. I got seven. That's already been selected. That was my first one. Okay. All right. For being honest. We're going with number eight. That's my lucky number. It's an interesting category, guys. 1988. So this category was inspired by a recent viewing I had of a movie called Jason Goes to Hell. A movie that I thought was pretty decent, but... Uh. But a very bad Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> so, number eight. This category is sequels only. 
All it's got to be is not part one. That's the whole criteria. And the first movie we're going to be watching for sequels only is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Also called The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is part four in the series. It's from 1994 and directed by Kim Henkel. Got a female director here? That's right. Hell yeah. Uh, This is also the one that has Matthew McConaughey in it. All right. Who will survive and what will be left of them? Sequels only, and this in, this was inspired by Friday the 13th? Part, I don't know what. Well, nine is Jason Goes to Hell? Maybe, I think so. Number eight is Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah, it's number nine. Because ten is Jason X. Yeah. Uh, sadly, I don't think this is available anywhere for free streaming. It's going to cost you $3. Oh, man. Yeah, we can afford it. The next generation. I'm trying to... Decide if I have seen this. I think I saw this when I was younger. I've never seen this one. It's got old Renee Zellweger in it too. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was. I'm almost po- I, yeah, I'm almost positive I've seen this when I was younger. Both Zellweger and McConaughey have tried to distance themselves from this movie as much as possible. Hmm, I wonder why. Okay, yeah, because the original cover was the chainsaw with the lipstick. You got yeah. this ni- at 94 or 95? I have 95. N- 94. Yeah. Uh, Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation, originally released as The Return of the Texas Chainsaw, is a 1994 American slasher film. Letterbox is coming at 95. All right. Well, watch the one from 94 or 95, (laughs) however it shows up. All right. Fuck yeah, dude. Cool. Get some Texas Chainsaw Massacre love on this five-day rentals podcast. Dog will hunt. Sequels only. Hmm. So it would be... Who's pick next week? Mine? Mine. Yeah. All right. And you know... I I already know what mine is. You don't have to stick to horror if you don't want to. Just any part two through however many parts they go. Can it be a prequel? 
I think it's not a sequel. Yeah, I feel like prequels different. I, I'm only asking because you said not a part one. So prequels before the the original. So, Bones yeah. is what you had in mind a prequel? No, I'm just asking for the sake of helping Dan narrow it down. So he can't pick episodes one through three of Star Wars. Guys, I've never which I know he which I know he loves. Never, I'd never pick a Star Wars. Why you wouldn't demean this show? The only Star Wars that I would pick is the Last Jedi because it's the best Star Wars made. Yeah, we fucking said it. No, you fucking said it. (laughs) Last Jedi is terrible. No, it's the best one. Just watch four, five, and six. Uh, you mean one, two, and three? Just watch six and seven. Nobody knows anymore. Just watch The Mandalorian. Just watch Lone Wolf and Cub. That's what The Mandalorian is. Did you guys... Uh, are you watching Loki? Nah, I haven't started it yet. Yeah, me either. I'm watching The Boys right now. Nice. Did you, get to the, did you get to the whale? No, not yet. I'm like episode five, I think, of the first season. Oh, okay. All right. I'm I never the second season. And then Sopranos. Oh, you started Sopranos too? No, dude. I'm like on I'm like on season four, halfway through. I think I'm like five episodes into season two. Speaking of prequels, that's got that movie coming out, right? Yeah, The Many Saints of Newark. Yeah. Did uh, either of you listen to Tarantino on Joe Rogan or Mark Maron this Mm. week? Nope. I seen he was on his uh, film podcast as well, but I didn't listen. Yeah. He uh, he and Roger Avery are going to start a podcast. And the premise is, because Roger Avery used to work at Video Archives with him, that they're going to be like picking an obscure movie and they're going to try to convince you to watch it like you, the listener, are the customer. We've been there, done that. <laughs> but I would check out the those interviews. They're actually really good. He talks about the Bruce Lee controversy with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is pretty funny. He's like, yeah, I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. Enter, Enter the Dragon's a piece of shit, but, I mean, Fist of Fury's great. <laughs> like, you gotta love how fucking obscure he is. And then on, on Marin, I was like, this is gonna be weird. I wonder if Marin's gonna get personal shit out of him, and he he does. So, I haven't checked in with Marin in a while. I haven't either. But Marin loved the book. He said he read the book in like two or three days. For uh, Once Upon a Time? Yeah. Yeah, I so, was kind of thinking about picking that up. I ordered it today. Like, it's eight bucks on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So maybe you'll get a discount soon. <laughs> Cut that. 
Amazon. He has the biggest dick of all three of us. Cut that. There. You're welcome, Careful. Kyle. Cut, cut that. You're welcome. Just tell the listener. I was I was helping you out. You don't you don't need to direct it. Just tell everybody. Big dicks and stuff. Yeah. Got a huge old hog. I think you should walk in there and just well, well that'll be off off pot. <laughs> this will be I'm kind of excited to watch a um uh, horror film. You know, in honor of our country's uh birthday. <laughs> I thought this would be Bunks. a good way to... What's more patriotic than Texas and chainsaws? Exactly. I think all I have left is horror films. <laughs> <laughs> I got other stuff. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I got. <laughs> I thought of one a day, actually. I got a lot of non-horror Yeah, I'm going to redo my whole list. I've already started on my next 10. Die Hard, Terminator 2, Speed. Terminator 2 is too good of a film to be on this podcast. It is. I'm just, Dan, you can't have T2 and Texas Chainsaw 4 in the same discussion. Yeah, we can. That's why we're five-day rentals. I think that would just end in us being like, this is a great movie. <laughs> Five stars. Yeah. That's the thing, though. It was it's so it was it's really so cool when movie. the It was cool when it, the Terminator showed up. The show is over when one of us picks a film and one of the other two rates it a five-star. Like, that's it. You've done your job. Don't give me that out. You're like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, five stars. <laughs> I don't, I think you're the only one who's rated a four star film, Bones. Yeah, you got to. You got to give the Turtles four stars, man. I've I, got- like to, I like to use the the whole system. I have in my selections three movies I've rated extremely high. But, but I you've think already, you've already seen them. Yeah, but I think they still work for this. Yeah. I I have two two that are that way, and then. Another one. I'm going to say I have another one that is for sure in a category similar to what I've already picked. Like it's very similar to what I've already picked. And I kind of did it like, oh, I got to do this one too. Like it's such a comparable pick. I created a category just to shoehorn that one in there. So is it monkey related? I was going to say Airbud 2, Golden I, Retriever. I don't know. I was going to say Small Last. 
Look at those little puppy butts. <laughs> I guess I could pick. Yeah, I guess I could pick anything post Airbud, right? That's true. Would you consider Snow Buddies to be a sequel to? What about spinoffs? I don't know if you want to pick any dog movies after what Dan was saying earlier in this episode. Yeah. What did I say about dogs? You were you, asking us which one we thought were hot. Yeah. You kept wanting us to say what the sexiest dog was. Yeah, Kron still hasn't answered that question, by the way. And I never will. Listener. You didn't answer the the famous titty question. You said Joe Biden. <laughs> I was going to say that now, like with Instagram, you just pretty much search for whoever you want to see and they're they're wearing a fucking see-through shirt so you can see everything nowadays is that why you still have an instagram we have an instagram that generates hundreds of likes for our shit a year hundreds i think we got 26 likes right now for phantom of the opera or phantom of the paradise People Three are for the ice road. Hey, you fuckers are out there liking and not downloading. <laughs> Which, by the way, I hashtag rats. People for, are loving um, this. People are loving this Phantom of the Paradise. So good. For uh, the ice road, it had like 1.2 million like hashtags for rats. I was like, holy shit. Hey, you'll realize whenever they overrun you, dude. It's 1.2 million rats in your neighborhood right now. Yeah. Rats. Wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Well, guys, let's continue to dry ourselves off. And uh, let's go home. Yeah. So next week, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Next Generation from 94, 95. Matt, Matthew we'll McConaughey, Renee Zellweger. How pouty do you think she is in this? Her eyes are open. It's pretty early. Oh, okay. Uh, what was the new category, Karan? Sequels only. All right. Looking forward to it. I hope Dan picks a movie that's going to require, like, there's going to be so many questions that he's going to have to create a category, you know, that we have to watch the first one in. Because that'll I mean, be a fun, fun you, game. It's like, you're welcome to watch, you know, parts one through three of Texas Chainsaw if you want to, but. Right. I mean, Dan didn't watch Death Wish 2 before Death Wish 3. I know I had to hold his hand through it. I won't be explaining how this links at all to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. So, Cron, have you seen 2? I've started 2 several times. I don't know if I've ever made it through 2. Dennis Dennis Hopper, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one's not bad, man. I watched it probably last year maybe it's just a whole different thing from one was that for a different podcast 
No, guys, you guys are the so, only podcast I have. So that was your ex podcast. You guys were on my ex podcasts. I was only oh, a guest. Oh yeah, I was only a guest. I co-hosted your ex ex podcast. God damn! How many audiences have I had? <laughs> I've been hosting your triple X videos on a Russian website. <laughs> Yep. Um, am I getting any royalties for that? I haven't seen anything. No, nah, well, I have a copyright claim on it. Yeah, they they've Fuckers. generated some money, but it doesn't go to you. Mm-hmm. You should have read your Bastards. contract. Fucking me. own fucking host, fucking me. I was uh, screaming a poem that I wrote in the background <laughs> of your video. So. Was All right, guys. <laughs> all right. What? See you next. See don't, you next don't, week. <laughs> don't let me walk over that, Dan. By all means. Yeah. Go fucking iceberg. There you go.